Hello and welcome to episode 123 of Together BHA. Uh, I cannot believe that uh, for the 12 hours yesterday on March 20th, solid March day, uh, that I spent 12 hours uh, either managing, moderating, or participating um, in the Together for the Arbion in the Community uh, live stream on Twitch. Um, and I am now recording more Albion content uh, in the morning after. Um, it really is just a great time to be an Albion fan. Um, the <clears throat> the stream yesterday was a roaring success. Uh, we have raised over $2,000 for Albion in the community. That ends at the end of this week. So please do go out there and donate if you can afford to. Um, obviously, everybody is going through a tough time right now. So if you cannot afford to, obviously, no worries about that. Uh, if you would like to watch any uh, of the Albion in the Community stream, that is available on Twitch. Uh, that is still there. All 12 hours is there. Um, it is going to be there for quite some time. I think it's there for just over, I think it's there for three months, I think. Um, I'm looking at my, my Twitch creator dashboard now. I have, I've streamed a couple of video games in the past couple of months. Um, and I still have a, a full 90-minute stream from February the 5th that's available to watch. Uh, so needless to say, it will be available for quite some time. Um, I'm currently downloading... The file itself, uh, it's a lot, like 14 gigs. Um, that will be distributed to all of the hosts once it gets done. So uh, Talk Seagulls, um, Ryan Adset with Talk Seagulls, uh, and TSR, and uh, BHA Today, and uh, Let's Talk BHFC, Seagulls Unrestricted, um, all of them, Albion Analytics, uh, everybody will have access to this this clip, this video, um, so they will be able to post that wherever they want, you know, whether it's YouTube, wherever, um, they can post audio, they can post clips wherever they want to, uh, and I will also be posting uh, some audio and clips across my social media uh, over the next couple of weeks, so be on the lookout for that. Uh, pretty much any segment you would like to dig down and watch again, um, there will be an opportunity to do that, even if you just do it right now uh, and pop onto the Twitch stream. It is available for you to watch. Uh, we did spread a little poster yesterday with some of the key times uh, for people if you wanted to go back and watch. Uh, so I'll give you some right now. Paul Williams from Albion in the Community was on very early on. He was on 30 minutes into the stream. Uh, from about an hour and 20 minutes into the stream to about two hours, we had El Capitan Bruno on the stream. Uh, once Bruno hopped off, we then had a couple of hours together with Andy Naylor uh, and Kieran Maguire from The Price of Football. Uh, two big ones there. After that, we had uh, the wonderful Paul Barber on the show as well. Uh, and we also had Simon Gale from, from Just Life, uh, one of the Albion as one beneficiaries. That's about the four-hour mark. Um, and then we went ahead and did a bunch of match preview. Uh, some wonderful things that aged like milk were said on the uh, the, the pre-match uh, build-up uh, from some of the some of the hosts. Uh, namely, I think one of the quotes was, uh, "What have Newcastle got to fear from that front three? Um, and I guess the answer was quite a lot because all of them scored. Um, I know Ryan came on after the after the the game to uh, to <laughs> to own up to that, which is quite wonderful. Uh, so yeah, I, I would highly recommend going back and watching it if you didn't have a chance to. Uh, it is twitch.tv 
forward slash together BHA and you can't miss it. It's the it's the most latest stream. You can't, you know, it's, it's impossible to avoid. So jump in, take a look at the stream that went on throughout the day. Um, and thank you to everybody who contributed. Uh, that $2,000 um, is going to go a huge distance for Albion in the community. Uh, as you would be able to know, if you, if you go and listen to Paul Williams, he'll be able to tell you, you know, just how much that, that contributes to their, their help. So thank you very much indeed. To add to that, uh, going forward... Um, after this podcast, so post-international break, uh, I've made the decision after yesterday uh, that I will be Twitch streaming every single podcast going forward. So from episode 124, I will be live streaming me recording the pod. Uh, and what that's going to do is it's going to give you the ability to watch it in the real time uh, and come in and ask questions if you would like to. It's also going to give the opportunity for anybody who wants to come on as a guest at any point in time to drop into the Zoom meeting and have a chat. Uh, the podcast is probably going to be a little bit longer due to that. We're probably going to move from 30 minutes to an hour. Uh, maybe not, though. Who knows? Um, depends on how many people tune in, right? Uh, but I think that's something I'm going to do going forward. Um, I think that that's something that, that worked really well yesterday. I think that people are very much on board with the idea. People enjoyed the Q&A opportunities. Um, and I think it's something that we can we can really put together and make a success. Um, so going forward... Uh, Obviously, once once I've recorded it and, and we, we put it in a can and we've got it nailed down, uh, that podcast will be released as an audio file as usual, just like every other show for the last 123 episodes. Um, the only difference is that it will be live streamed at the same time. So if you would like to come in and watch live and, and join in on the chat and have questions answered or jo even just join in and answer questions yourself as a guest, uh, that's something I would definitely urge you to keep an eye on in the next couple of weeks because um, I'm going to roll that bad boy out and I think we can really make it a, a good success. Um, I, I basically plan to take all of the good from Arsenal Fan TV uh, and wipe out all of the shit from Arsenal Fan TV um, and, and, you know, engineer a kind of channel that that, that is going to be a positive one as opposed to a meltdown central embarrassment. Um, so... That's something I'm excited about. Uh, keep an eye on that bad boy. Um, I think that could be an absolute killer. Onto the game itself. Um, obviously, we had an absolute beauty of a day yesterday. Uh, you know, it really could not have gone any better from an Albion perspective. We went out there. Uh, we, we went and got a hell of a result against Newcastle United. Um, they looked shocking. I, I'm actually stunned at how poor they looked. Um... You know, I I was expecting a very cagey affair. Um, I was expecting it to be very poor um, all the way through, essentially. I was expecting it to be very poor. Um, the fact is, uh, it was anything but. Um, we were dominant from the literal whistle. Whistle to whistle, We there wasn't a single thing um, that, that made me think we weren't going to end up winning it. It was, it was insane. Um, what I do want to touch on very early on is... Our starting 11, um, the starting 11 came out and for everybody on the stream and everybody who was watching and myself as well, uh, nobody knew what on earth this formation or this lineup was going to be. So Dan Byrne had an injury, uh, a hamstring come up and he came out and Jakob Moda came in. I'm fine with the change. I liked it. Uh, I, I've been a big fan of what I've seen of Moda for that first, you know, those couple of cameos he's made. Um, but I wasn't sure what he was gonna, where he was gonna play. Like, was he gonna play left wing back? 
Um, what on earth is this formation? Well, what I like the most <laughs> uh, is, and this is one of the reasons I want to go ahead and, and, and change this format into adopting that Twitch Twitch stream as well. Uh, a couple of the commenters, um, and I'm really not sure which people it was, so I'm really sorry if, if uh, you know exactly who it was. Um, but somebody mentioned the idea that the Albion have just gone out there and beat Newcastle United with a WM formation. And I had heard of that formation before, but I'll be honest, I, I knew next to nothing about it. Um, I'd heard of it, and that's about as far as it had gone. Uh, however, I'm now very much aware of what that WM formation looks like, um, because I think that he is, whoever that user was, or the couple of users were, um, I think that they were spot on. Um, I think yesterday we saw uh, that a absolutely crazy reintroduction of the WM formation to take down Newcastle United. So the WM formation uh, is better known or otherwise known as the 3-2-2-3 formation. Uh, it's led to the letter W on the defender's side and the letter M on the forward side, hence the WM. So we had three defenders in centre-half uh, that stayed close to the goalkeeper when in defence. And if you go back and watch, that's exactly what happened. Whenever they did attack, all three defenders were very compact. And when we attack, all the defenders then spread out to prevent any kind of long ball counter attacks. To be super effective, we had two wingers with good crossing ability. We ended up having five, really. People alternated all up front uh, with, with Trossard, Mopai, Welbeck. All of them were cut out wide an awful lot. Uh, and, and we also had two central midfielders with, with the speed and the engine uh, to be able to go ahead and defend an attack. Yesterday was literally that in a nutshell. This is a this is a formation that came to be uh, in the, in the what 1950s, I believe. Um, it was Herbert Chapman, no, mid 1920s. Herbert Chapman of Arsenal. Uh, this was to counter a change in the offside law. So what happened is that we essentially have three centre backs uh, that also can operate as full backs, and the Albion's Back three did that yesterday. White, Dunk, and uh, Veltman. All were very comfortable doing that yesterday. So that's your back three. We then had two kind of what they would consider halfbacks. So these are players that were able to essentially shuttle from left to right, back to front. Uh, those two, to yesterday, uh, were a combination of Moda, Bissouma, and Lalana. Depending on who decided to go forward and who hadn't, uh, those three players played those two midfield roles very well indeed. And then that's the dot, that's the M, right? So you've got the three center halves and then the two halfbacks above them. That's the M in the formation. In the W side, which is the attacking side, you have a left winger, you have a center forward, you have a right winger, and then you have two kind of inside forward central attacking midfielders. And what we did was we alternated all five of those players. So Trossard, Mopai, Welbeck, Gross, Moda, Lalana, all of those six players depending on which one of Motorola Lana was becoming part of that M, was then going forward. And if you go back and watch it, it's genuinely spot on. Whoever pointed that out, you're an absolute legend uh, because you have just absolutely nailed it. The Albion went out there with a 1920s formation, almost verbatim, 
because it has been worked on a lot since, right? Like the Cruyff 343 has been something that was an outright copycat with a lot of modifications. Uh, we had an or like the 424 um, is also one of those ones that then we moved on to as well. Um, but the the WM formation was almost copied to a T here, and I'm absolutely baffled that they managed to actually bring it in um, to the Premier League. <coughs> Patrick Vieira uh, has brought in a uh, brought in a version of it to New York City FC. Um, the 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 Italian leagues have also kept hold of this a couple of times, um, but in the Premier League, this is not something that's very common at all. Um, and I think that we need to just it's worth it's worth me monologuing about it for two or three minutes here because it was such an unbelievable decision by Potter that obviously paid massive dividends and Steve Bruce had no effing clue what to do with what was presented in front of him. It, how can he? It was almost pound for pound a 1921 football formation and he had no idea how to counteract something that was so bizarre with a team that were so uninspired and uninterested. If Potter tries this against any other team in the Premier League almost, you know, barring probably, you know, Sheffield United post Wilder uh, and a couple of others that when they get really down on their luck, you know, I don't think it's going to work. Um, but he picked it perfectly yesterday uh, and I cannot believe that he paid off. Um, other things to consider that I thought was very interesting yesterday. Uh, the Albion prepared for yesterday's game as a away game. So uh, Paul Barber um, and a couple of others that were on, uh, Naylor as well, I think, uh, noted that yesterday the Albion actually went to a hotel via coach um, and stayed overnight on the Friday um, as if it was an away game. And they prepared as if it was an away game due to the, the, the record we have away from home. Um, they decided that this was something that they were going to do. Uh, we've heard a lot about Potter and the theatre stuff with Ostersons, and I feel like we've never really heard of Potter doing something different, like just weird uh, with the Albion ever since he moved in. Um, and I think this was our first real kind of glimpse. Who knows what he's been doing behind the scenes for the last two years? I'm sure he's been doing weird shit all the time. But yesterday... Yesterday, <coughs> excuse me, was probably the first time that we saw something outright in terms of people being able to spread it on social media. Um, and, and, you know, even Paul Barber himself was, was, was vocal about it. We decided to do an away day prep um, and we ended up beating Newcastle 3-0. So I think it probably worked. <laughs> um, you know, we dominated yesterday. Uh, we had 65% of the possession. Uh, we had 11 shots six on target they had three with one on target um they were shocking they had an 80 percent sack pass success rate uh but almost all of them were in their third or the middle third uh in our third they had next to nothing um we were we had 10 key passes to their three we had an 89 percent pass success rate that's insane you know that's just absolutely mental uh we had 12 12 dribbles attempted uh, and out of 17, uh, and we were successful with them. We had a 71% dribble success rate. Four of those were Leandro Trossard. That's something that he does not get very often. He tries it, but he doesn't get it very often. 
Uh, we were dominant all the way through. 16 tackles uh, to their 11. Um, we both attempted 24 and 23, so we were way more economical in the in the in the challenges. We had three corners to their one. Uh, we hit the we hit the target twice on those corners, uh, and we just pressed them. We just pressed them so high and so common that they could not they couldn't deal with us from the word go. Um, I'm I'm absolutely stunned at how well we game plan Newcastle. Um, and I'm also stunned at how poor they were. You know, I, I'm not surprised uh, as to as to, I'm not surprised that they were poor because Newcastle have been poor for a while. And under Steve Bruce, I think I said this two years ago on the season preview. I think I said that I felt that I felt that Steve Bruce was destined to fail immediately because I thought he was shocking as a manager, um, and he has came in and he somehow wasn't shocking last year um but the 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 year he's had nothing has ever shown more to me how important good players can be because if Callum Wilson hadn't signed for this team Newcastle would be where Sheffield United are right now truly believe it they are probably 10 points better off in their position due to Callum Wilson if he doesn't sign on the dotted line, the Newcastle, he, they are on, they're on 17 or 18 points, and they're already done. Um, but they're not. They're not, right? Uh, but Wilson is injured. Uh, not sure when he's due back. Um, and, and the rest of their players yesterday were piss poor to a, to a man. Um, there wasn't a single one of them that I thought did well. Uh, the Isaac Hayden injury was brutal for him. Uh, we didn't really see much replay of it. Bissouma was very upset. Uh, but obviously it wasn't his fault. Um, there was nothing really in it. It, it. He just fell on him. Totally accidental. Uh, Hayden himself has came out and said it was accidental. Uh, but, you know, for all of the all the domination, all the possession, uh, it did feel a bit worrying uh, going into halftime. I think that everybody felt that we were just going to see the same old, same old. Um, up until that very last moment uh, with Veltman's superb ball over the top. Uh, for Trossard to take down um, and it's probably my best goal of the three I said that last night too um, I think that Trossard had more to do uh, to get that ball away and and what a finish it was my goodness um, much tighter angle uh, he, he whipped it into that bottom corner and, and they didn't have a chance to defend it um, I'm, I'm stunned at how easy it was uh, for, for, for the goal to go in really um, it, he made it look easy and, and it definitely wasn't um, so we went in at halftime, uh, arguably their best player went off, uh, Isaac Hayden, injury, probably quite bad. On came Jeff Hendrick, someone I thought was pretty good actually, uh, until I saw him play yesterday where he was shocking, um, which just was everybody. <laughs> um, and and halftime comes along and we're 1-0 up. Um, it came at just the right time. Uh we were saying on the stream that, you know, we need to kind of weather that very early storm if Newcastle are capable of, of throwing something like that at us. Uh, we need to be careful and, and weather it as best we can. Um, and they actually did come out and, and, you know, they came out and they gave it a go uh, early days. Now, the problem is, <laughs> is that their, their idea of having a go um, was pretty much just one shot. Um they had 53% possession for that first five minutes of the second half. 
They were better at keeping the ball. They were better at keeping hold of the tackles. They were better at winning aerial duels for that first five minutes of the second half. They were they were looking like a much better side. Uh, they even had us pinned back a little bit. Um, and then came their shot. Ryan Fraser found himself in acres of space on that left-hand side uh, and bent the ball past Sanchez. It was a great shot uh, and crashed off the post and, and spilled out wide for, for no real follow-up. Um, and within about 60 seconds, I think, from that, maybe two minutes, um, we kind of went on the counter-attack. Uh, Danny Welbeck caught the ball on the left wing, cut in in the most cliche Jose Izquierdo fashion I've ever seen in my life. It was like watching Izquierdo out there. He cuts in on his on his right and bends the ball into the bottom corner just the same kind of way as Trossard did. Um, he absolutely whipped that bad boy into the bottom corner and we're tuning it up. All of a sudden that storm has been weathered and we have an extra goal caution. Um, after that, I felt that we, we really started to sit back somewhat for the next kind of 10 minutes. Once that goal went in, I, I don't think that anybody could believe their eyes. <laughs> uh, they dominated the possession. They, they were really pushing forward into our half. Uh, the majority of their possession in our final third in the entire 90 minutes was from 51st minute to the hour. Um, because after that, uh, once we'd weathered that storm and, and kind of came back into the game, uh, we then just turned it on again. It looked like we just weathered the storm somewhat uh, and and we went ahead and, and just turned them over. Uh, Jacob Murphy came on about the hour. Uh, I was a little bit worried because I think Jacob Murphy was very good uh, when I've last seen him play and I was, I was surprised not to see him start. Um, and so were the Newcastle fans. They were very upset that May Murphy wasn't starting. Um, alas, the kind of ship had sailed at that point uh, because five minutes later, Pascal Gross on the right-hand side uh, cuts back, Cruyff's turn, whips the ball in and there he is. Uh, Le Petit shithouse uh, bops the ball into the back of the net Neil's on the score sheet Pascal's on the assist sheet as is tradition and we are 3-0 up and cruising home to the uh, to the second home win of a calendar year um, substitutions late on Trossard came off for McAllister uh, Welbeck came off for Zakiri and, and Proper came off for Moda uh, all three of them were fine they, you know, they came on and, and, and were comfortable cruising through the rest of the game um, in terms of standouts individually uh, defensively um, it's tough because because uh, White and Dunk had very little to do. So, you know, if you're giving them out of 10, I'm, I'm probably just going to give White and Dunk, you know, like a 7. Like, they were fine. Like, and that isn't a disrespect to either of them. Um, they were just fine. Like, they had nothing to do. Uh, when they had to do something, they did it great. But that what they needed to do was, like, four things all day. So, same goes for Sanchez. Uh, you know... <laughs> He was fine. Like he he collected the ball a couple of times when it came in high, um, and and didn't do much else because he simply wasn't required to. Uh, Veltman uh, was someone who stood out. Five tackles. That was the most in the team. Uh, an interception, two clearances, and an assist. Um, Veltman. I just can't say more about him. He can play anywhere. Literally anywhere in this team, Joel Veltman can play, and he is doing a great job at it. Uh, he played on the left side of the centre-halves yesterday um, and looked like he'd been there all year. It's astounding. Um, £900,000. And Ajax fans 
weren't ha- weren't uh, weren't sad to see him go. They were quite happy to see him go. The the idea on on Reddit and Twitter was that there's no single way on earth that Joel Veltman could adapt to the Premier League. He was already past it for the Dutch league. Um, clearly, uh, in the same way Jesse Lingard over the last seven games has revitalized his entire career. Uh, clearly, Veltman needed this move um, because he is just a different animal out there. Uh, Bissouma, uh, truly a Rolls Royce. Um, we are, I think everybody just knows he's done, knows he's leaving this year. Um, there was a lot of people said that he looked off it yesterday, um, but I, I don't agree. Uh, he had one shot, one on target, um, but defensively, he was the the man uh, breaking up play. Four total tackles, four interceptions, which was the most, a clearance, um, and didn't put a single foot wrong all day. Um, he just quietly went about and dominated. Um, and, and I said this yesterday. Is the idea that Bissouma has dropped off and isn't as good as he was, is it more that Bissouma no longer has to be the focal point of the team? Is it more that we are starting to bed in as a side. Uh, Pascal Gross is becoming, you know, so much more uh, adapt at this formation. Adam Lalana is starting to get game time more consistently, which is something we've needed all along. Uh, Alexis McAllister went through a very great purple patch at one point, you know, earlier on in this calendar year. Um, Sonny March was having a great year, like really was coming to the fore. Is it the case that He's getting he's he's coming across as someone who's not putting in as much of a shift or doing as well simply because we're not needing to pay attention to him as much. That that's truly my view on it. Um, I, I think that's really what it is. You know, he was uh, you know fourth in the in the team for pass accuracy yesterday. Uh, he had a shit ton of touches. Um, only Duncan Lalana had more. Um, his passing was superb. Uh, he had he attempted four long balls. Three of them were accurate. Uh, he attempted two through balls, uh, and and nobody else attempted those. Nobody in the entire team. I, I think that he has been kind of criminally overlooked over the last couple of weeks. As to if he disappeared tomorrow, this team would not be able to do what it's been doing the last couple of weeks. And this team has been getting major results. Um, and I think that he is becoming a bit of an unsung hero after the last couple of weeks, after being the hero, right, uh, since since Lamptey went down. Um, other players, uh, Trossard yesterday came away with an assist and a goal, although the assist was a bit, you know, questionable. It's still an assist. Uh, two shots, one on target, three key passes. Uh, that's the most out of the entire team. Uh, his pass accuracy for a front forward was pretty solid indeed. Uh, the goal was superb. Um he did. He had a great game yesterday. Mo Pai, same. Two shots, two on, two on, t- two shots, one on target. Two key passes, uh, and and you know, banging the goal late on uh, that that sealed the victory for us. Uh, Pascal Gross, superb. Two key passes, great pass accuracy. Lots and lots and lots of touches of the ball. Got a great assist yesterday. Danny Welbeck, great goal. Was but did a superb job on the wing when he was asked to go out there or when he decided to go out there. Uh, had a key pass to his name as well uh, and, and was superb. Um, Lalana did a great job in the middle of that, that play there, just anchoring it and, and doing exactly what he was asked to do as part of that WM. He was one of those players that were, you know, next to Bissouma, um to distribute the ball. 
Jakob Moda, uh, I thought did very well indeed. Three shots, two on target. Could have scored that first one, uh, but, but wasn't to be. Uh, plenty of touches of the ball as well. Um, he was very active uh, in just about everywhere. Four tackles as well. He was happy to go back and, and cause some problems for people. Uh, accurate long balls as well. Four out of three, were, three out of four were perfect. Um, I thought Moda had a great game yesterday. That's pretty much a dream debut, right, for any player barring scoring a goal, I suppose. Um, he came on and, and, and influenced the team to win 3-0. <laughs> Can't ask for much more than that. Um, overall, what more can you say? Like it, This 28 minutes that I've spoke has flown by because when you win 3-0 and you play that well and what more, like, you know what I mean? Like, it's just, it's a great day. Um, we are now slowly but surely dragging ourselves back back out of trouble um a couple of weeks ago i was saying looking at form and, and looking at the fixtures coming up you know if, if we can't get points against newcastle and southampton um it feels like you know relegation is is almost an inevitability um we've gone ahead and won both of them um that is huge you know we've gone from 26 points to 32 uh and and fulham haven't they've lost their last two uh their form has dropped off a little bit um, you know, they got beat by Leeds at the weekend uh, and they lost to, to Manchester City as well, which is slightly more understandable. Um, but, you know, they've they've dropped off and, and we have a game in hand on them too. Um, and that game in hand is Sheffield United. Uh, so, you know, if we can win that game in hand, you know, that puts us on 35 points and, and we are, you know, nine points clear, effectively 10 based on goal difference. Um, and, and we've got eight games to go. Um I can't keep doing this. It's it's a struggle for my heart. Um, <laughs> I, I can't keep... In January, we were 10 or 11 points clear and looking like we had nothing to worry about. Uh, by the end of February, we were, you know, almost level on points with, with Fulham or were level on points with Fulham um, or were even dropping below Fulham depending on results uh, and, and were looking in serious dire straits. And, and now... March, you know, we're coming towards the end of March, or we are done with March now because of the international break, and we're 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 now six points, basically seven on goal difference, clear with a game in hand. Um, it's stressful, and it hurts my brain, and I know it hurts yours too. Next week is the international break. Um, I am not sure if there will be an episode. Uh, I. I just don't know. I have a lot to do next weekend. It's super busy on purpose, by the way. I timed it to be busy next weekend because of the international break. Uh, so I may well not be doing a show next week uh, unless some major news drops, right? Or I may test drive the Twitch stream. Um, so uh, I am going to drop off. Uh, I will post this up for Monday. So when you're listening to this, uh, it'll be the start of your week. And yeah, I think that's probably what I'm going to do. I'm going to test drive the stream next week um, and, and have you all on to talk about how you think our last kind of eight games are going to go. Um, so have a great rest of your week. We have absolutely smashed it out of the park these last two weeks. Six points from six. Uh, we are way ahead of the of the Potter Lucian, by the way. The Potter differential. Um, he is now way ahead of his, uh, of his results from last year. I think he's now four points clear um, from his results like for like next this year. Um, so we are we are grabbing points where they matter um so i will see you all next week probably um if not definitely for united uh, and have a wonderful rest of your week be safe